God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bertrand Russell, the famous British philosopher, once gave a public lecture on astronomy. This was um, back in the 1920s. He described how the Earth orbits around the sun and how the sun in turn orbits around the center of a vast collection of stars called our galaxy. At the end of the lecture, so the story goes, a little old lady at the back of the room got up and said, what you've just told us is utter rubbish. The world is really a flat plate supported on the back of a giant tortoise. The scientist gave a superior smile before replying, well, what is the tortoise standing on? You're very clever, young man. You're very clever, came the reply. But it's turtles all the way down. Two millennia ago, while the Stoics and the Platonists and the Aristotelians were holding forth about the motions of the planets and the stars and the observable universe, in the back of the room, a little old man stands up and clears his throat and says something so preposterous you'd hardly believe it. The world rests on love, and it's love all the way down. The comment comes from John, the beloved disciple. As we read his theory on the nature of reality, his cosmic vision in his first epistle, an epistle scholars think was probably written when he was 85 years old or so, at the end of his life. God is love, says John. God is infinite love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. The universe, our world of energy and light and gravity and motion, hums with this activity called the love of God. John hands his hearers a telescope to perceive the vast expanses of the world, and he says, to perceive this, love must be your vision. It's a hard thing to talk about love in any compelling way. It's probably the most under-nuanced word in the English language. We use it in sentences referring to our relationships with afternoon naps, cheesecake, long hikes, our spouses and partners, and then God. Love stretches over vast regions of our linguistic worlds to the point that we wonder if the word still has much meaning. Oh, tell me the truth about love, writes the poet W.H. Auden. Some say love's a little boy, and some say it's a bird. Some say it's what makes the world go round. Some say that's absurd. And when I asked the man next door who looked as if he knew, his wife got very cross indeed and said it wouldn't do. 
Well, thankfully, we have John's first epistle to, if not tell us the truth, then to point us to the truth about love. John seems at pains to distinguish the different types of love, the difference between divine love and human love. He says, in effect, if you want to learn what love is, you can't start with human understandings. To do so is merely to perceive a frail and fragile love, a love that is here today and gone tomorrow, a love that makes promises that it can't always keep. And these broken promises yield wounds that are deep and lead to disillusionments that can last a lifetime. The old disciple tells us the problem with human love is that it's so inescapably bound up with fear and need. And herein is the bind that religion, religious language, finds itself in. A few years back, I was preaching a sermon on the great commandment of Jesus, you shall love God and love your neighbor as yourself. My sermon was basically on how faith, the Christian faith, is really pretty simple, all coming down to love. A young college-age kid came up to me after the service and said, I was really hoping you were going to take this passage in a different direction. For me, the only reason I still come to church is because I'm so inept at loving God and my neighbor. He made a good point. Too often we begin with a command to love. We assume we know what love means. But it's not clear that we humans do. And so John offers us this telescope and he says, look out at the vast, fathomless beyond. Don't look at humans, not at, not at first. Look and perceive the cosmic mystery. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent God's son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. The love that is God is pure gift. Think about it. The love that moves us so is the love that is willing to make sacrifices for us. The love that tells us that we are worthy of being sacrificed for. God's love comes to us. God's sacrifice comes to us, not in our shining brilliance, but in our need. Not in our virtue, but in our sin. Not our strength, but our vulnerability. Love, writes Anne Lamont, is seeing the darkness in another human being and resisting the impulse to jump ship. That is the love that is God's. A love that goes to infinite lengths to find us, to be with us, to claim us. And it's a love that never jumped ship. The cross, Jesus dying there, is God's promise of this kind of love. God's love isn't afraid of the darkness of fear. It's the perfect love that shines a light, a gentle light, casting out all fear. And the way, this way of love and the way of Jesus is vulnerable love. 
The way of God doesn't look to get something out of us, out of another person. This love is patient and kind. It's slow to anger. It hopes all things and bears all things. It's the love that never ends. So how do we experience this love? How do we open our hearts more to this divine energy? One way is to spend time with people who've experienced this love, with people whose lives have been soaked through with this love. One of the evidences of holy people is that you feel accepted and safe and even enlarged in their presence. In their company, you don't fear your fears in quite the same way. I was in the company of one such person recently, and in his company, I found that the frost from the past 14-month winter we've all just lived through was giving way. My fears were coming to light, too. They were coming to the surface, fears about reopening and fears about the future of church. Will everyone come back? Fears about traveling and fears about family. So much fear. He could sense the vulnerability rising as the tears formed in my eyes. That's when he said, Garrett, I want you just to imagine that right now God is simply inviting you to say yes to your life. In your love and in your fear to say yes to your life just as as it is right now, just a simple yes. I suspect he went on, you don't need another book to read. You don't need a new idea or a new spiritual practice, a new therapist. Your heart isn't lacking in anything. Just say yes to it because perfect love casts out all fear. So I'll offer you that this morning. What would it mean for you, wherever you are, to say yes, a simple yes to your life? Jesus says, abide in me as I abide in you. There really isn't anything special for you to do to experience this love. Our gospel tells us that that this love flows in us like sap from a vine. It's the very life of our lives. There's a space within deeper than your worry and your fear and your doubt. Underneath it all is an eternal source of love. The spring of love that began flowing into your heart at your baptism and continues to flow in you and through you and out from you. When you simply accept who you are and where you are and all of your bundles of goodness and worry and fear, and simply say yes to it all. You say yes to this love that never leaves you or forsakes you, that never jumps ship. If that college student were watching today, I'd want to affirm his intuition about the core of our faith. John's epistle reminds us that the command to love God and love our neighbors is grounded in a deeper word, The command flows out of a deeper experience, an experience of our hearts being opened and warmed by the love that is God. Our hearts made alive 
by that holy sap. St. John's message is either a preposterous and silly word, or it's the most liberating and life-changing around. His message is so utterly simple. Look to Jesus. Look to God's sacrifice there and see that God is love. God loves you. God loves others through you. God loves you through others. God's love brings each of us into deeper and deeper life. There's nothing in God that is not love. It's that for which we were created. And it's love all the way down. 